Welcome to the JVB Health and Wellness Podcast. On today's podcast, we discuss a few topics. First, we open with discussing warming up for workouts. Should we warm up? How should we warm up? And we get into a discussion about that. In my experience, uh, I believe that warming up is critical. And um, so I always, depending on what my workout for the day is, it changes my warm-up type. You know, as a coach, as a runner, I always encourage people, always walk 10 minutes before you run. Lots of evidence out there that when we wait, if we're morning runners, for example, and we wake up, our muscles are kind of cold and sitting around and doing the old stretching on the floor uh, doesn't really warm our muscles up. I learned that a long time ago. In fact, I actually hurt myself a few times stretching like that, uh, whether it was in the morning or later in the day. And I read a lot of things that said, look, you know, some dynamic movement, some just brisk walking before running really helped me warm up. And I have I rarely get hurt when I do that. I encourage everybody, if they're runners, to walk for 10 minutes. Uh, walk for 10 minutes before you run. And a lot of people say, well, I'm supposed to get a 45-minute workout today under my program. And if I walk 10 minutes, I don't have time to get the 45 minutes in. And I would say, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's better for you to warm up for 10 minutes and then run for 35 minutes and take it out of the time you're running. Because really, my goal every day when I run is I want to make sure that I'm healthy so that I can run the next day. I can work out the next day. I can get to the start line the next day. And I know when I do my 10-minute walk that uh, even if I have to short my workout, I think it's more beneficial than um, if you say, oh, man, I." a lot of people do this. They get up in the morning. They don't sleep seven hours. I have a seven-hour sleep rule. I want people to sleep seven hours before they get up and work out in the morning. Whatever that is, sleep is by far the most important. If you don't get seven hours under the seven-hour sleep rule, I want you to fit in your workout some other time throughout the day. But tons of people sleep less than um, seven hours. They wake up in the morning. They go to the bathroom for one or two minutes. They have their clothes laid out and everything, so they go get their clothes. They walk out of their house, apartment, building, whatever, and within five steps, they're running. And the injury risk, in my experience, coaching people that do that is exponentially, exponentially higher. The one time that I did that over the last 10 years, I, I went and um, met uh, somebody for a run and I didn't do my walk for my run and I ended up um, tearing a hamstring. Now that's uh, rare. I got a hamstring injury that turned into a tear. Um, so I know for me, it's critically important even if my workout is slower. If you're not a runner, if you're lifting weights, if you're um, doing rowing machine, if you're doing the elliptical, bike, whatever it is, it is always a good idea to warm up. So if you have a treadmill around or you can just walk around, walking to warm up is great. The other thing is that, and, and if you don't, if you can't do that, it's really important for the first kind of five to eight minutes of your workout to keep it super, super easy. So if you are going to do like you have a high, hard bike session, whether you're on a trainer or you're outside, take the time to spend five to eight minutes to just loosen your muscles up, go easy, let your body get warmed up, stimulate your electrical activity. If you're lifting weights or whatever, like um, I wouldn't go right into it. Just start lifting really hard. You know, some sort of movement is great. Sometimes uh, if I'm if I'm playing an elliptical and I'm planning to lift and um, I know I'm doing a super hard elliptical, I would rather finish with a hard workout versus, you know, uh, not. And so if that means I'm going to lift first, uh, then I will try and move. 
Uh, you know, if you think about, we talk about when you go to a physical therapist and they warm you up, warming up is super important. Now, um, I talked about I don't stretch before my runs, but one thing that some people do that can be very beneficial is dynamic stretching. And you'll see some people before races, hopping up and down, doing kind of leg lifts, putting their leg way out in front of them. Those dynamic stretches can be spectacular. And if you're going to do those type of stretches, you should certainly talk to a physical therapist or, or a, you know, a coach that can actually be an expert in those type of strength things or go on YouTube and watch some videos. You know, I do see people try and take them too seriously and they get hurt doing them. So you've got to be really careful. So that is the most important thing. Um, I would definitely do some sort of warm, sort of warm up. And then you hear us talk about some other uh, topics, including making sure you're setting realistic um, targets for your workouts. Some people are weekend warriors and they don't do anything for five days a week and they do really hard stuff over the weekend and they build up too quickly and they get hurt or they don't do anything for months and months and they say they're going to get in shape and they do the workout, you know, today that they did six months ago when they had six months of buildup. And so you see a lot of these people that go out and they think they can just go out and run 10 miles after being off for six months and those people get hurt. So you got to be smart. You got to be sensible. And so those are sort of things that I think are very important. And then at the end, you always want to try not to sit down right after your workout. You want to move around a little bit. So you let your body uh, kind of recover. And, you know, a lot of the experts out there will tell you, you know, do a little bit of a cool down at the end of your workout too. So if you're blasting something, a run or whatever, you know, me, like if I'm finishing a race, I make sure I just walk a lot. You know, I don't sit down for a long time. Other people, if I'm doing intervals on a run or intervals on the elliptical or on the bike, you know, after I finish my heart intervals, I might just do, you know, some easy spinning or some easy jogging or whatever, just to kind of cool down. So that's the first topic we talk about. Uh, the second topic we talk about is we talk about uh, gyms. We talked to Hubie from Spire Fitness. Uh, he was on nine months ago. He has a gym in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's a spin studio like SoulCycle. Also do some um, TRX and rowing and have various classes there. So we talk about how things are looking there the great thing is that things are getting back to normal no masks and, and we also talk about uh, a building gym and we also talk about sleep so and sleep of course is something that is critically important and we have a brief discussion about sleep the other thing we talk about in this podcast is stretching and a lot of people ask me what do you think of stretching i am a big fan of stretching but I have seen so frequently, myself and many others, people get hurt by stretching. So I think people have to be sensible. You know, I um, do believe that after a workout, as I'm cooling down, I can sit down on the floor. I can do the typical kind of floor stretches, hamstring stretches. Um, I'm a huge believer in yoga and uh, Pilates and hot yoga and other things. Uh, but I think people have to be sensible when they do the stretching. And um, I prefer to do stretching after my warm-ups, I do the, you know, kind of walking to warm up or, so, or I go very easy on the exercise equipment or running uh, before the workout. I make sure I don't sit down for a while. I usually, if I finish a workout, I'm not going to just sit down right on the floor right after my workout and start doing my stretching and things. I will walk around a little bit. If I'm at the gym finishing a workout, I'll walk around a little bit. And then, you know, after five or 10 minutes, I may sit down and start doing some stretching. But if I've done workouts that are long, you know, 10 mile run, I'm probably not sitting down for at least 30 minutes. A marathon, I'm not sitting down usually for hours. And I'm finding things to do. So I'm not just standing there. I'm walking around and being active. All this helps our recovery. So the answer to the question about what do I think about stretching? I think stretching can have incredible value. I think it's very important 
because uh, if we get too tight, then uh, you'll hear physical therapists all the time tell you, well, your calves are tight, you know, your hamstrings are tight, you know, your hip flexors are tight, whatever that is, that could be true. Uh, and that's why consistent movement, warming up, keeping the workout easy at the beginning, cooling down at the end, walking around after your workouts, and after a period of time, you know, get you. I think it's okay to get down on the floor and stretch. Just be careful not to hurt yourself. Enjoy. I have a question that um, I think was part of the agenda for tonight, maybe, if I remember correctly. It's one of the reasons I joined. I, you know, I've noticed, you know, I turned 64 in June. I turned 64 two weeks Happy ago. Happy birthday. You look spectacular. Um, but, um, and I noticed that, you know, every time I work out, there's always a little something that tends to feel not right after I work out, whether it's Maybe I, you put too much weight on the leg press or the shoulder starts to bother me. So I, I reason I joined is because we talked about warm up. I don't warm up at all. And I know I probably should. I never have my whole life. I've really never warmed up. And I'm not even sure if that means doing a little cardio before I do my workout, uh, my weight workout, if stretching. So I just wanted to throw that out because I, I really don't know what to do when it, I don't want to, I mean, um, part of the reason I don't is because I, find it boring partially because I'm always running and I'm always late for something. And so I do it relatively. I try to limit my workout to what I feel is necessary, but as I'm getting older, um, I think that is necessary because I'm going to wind up injuring myself. Um, more. Yeah. Great question. Uh, you know, I think something I hear all the time. I, I, I think the answer is it depends, but I'll say a few things. It not only matters about a warm up, but it also matters what you're doing the rest of the day. Right. So you know, if you're living holistically and you're eating pretty well and you're moving and the things you're doing when you're not exercising really matter, right? Uh, movement is probably the most important thing when not exercising, but of course, sleeping seven to seven and a half hours, at least a night, preferably seven and a half to eight is super important and having good nutrition, you know, eating, uh, you know, it's not about a label, but it's about eating, you know, whole foods and having some fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, right? If you're, and are you doing all those things, I assume? Yeah, I think so. I think I'm, most and the, of those things, yes. And your movement consistency, which is like, you know, how many hours in a day, maybe when you're not sleeping, not exercising, well, are you? One of my birthday presents was my new Apple Watch. Yes. <laughs> so I am being reminded to stand when I'm not sometimes sitting too long. So that's gotten better, um, but I'm generally pretty active anyway. I'm one thing, one thing we could do if you wanted is I do have, I, you know, I still have that app, but not, and I do have Apple wired into it now and you could wire into that and you could just go to the homepage and you can actually see just very graphically if you have a lot of red boxes. I know other people on this call definitely use it. I use it. And if you have more than kind of I would say more than seven or eight red boxes a day and preferably not more than six. It will make the body, it will mean you're not moving enough. And it could mean that you're going to get a lot more stiff when you go and you sit down on that machine, particularly if you're not working out which, or warming up, which we'll talk about in a second. But that movement is probably, it is by far the, the, the most important thing to do when you're not doing the other stuff. I just had a call with somebody who, um, you know, he plugged into my app and I said, just go live the way you live for two or three weeks. Okay. I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm not going to lead the witness. He went and did that. 
and he was a spectacular exerciser. Okay, doing something pretty much every day. Okay, spectacular sleeper. He did not have a six handle in front of any of his sleep. Okay, he had seven to eight hours pretty much every night. Okay, he had a bunch of other great stats, great resting heart rate, like great VO2 max, a bunch of other really valid things. But his average uh, number of hours that he was he was not moving, you know, was in the high nines. And if we were to look at the median and not the average, it was somewhere around 12 or 13 of the hours he's awake. And he's probably only awake 16 hours where he was not moving 300 steps, right? When you're younger, you can handle that a little more. When you start to get older and you're my age, 51, you're age 64, it gets harder. The body, because when you do that, and there's a great book by, I don't think you've joined in a while, Sanjay Gupta has this great book out about the mind, you know, the guy from CNN, the brain surgeon guy. Mm -hmm. And he talks a lot about this movement uh, as it relates to not only like the body and how the body uh, stimulates electrical activity when we move more and when we don't, even throughout the course of a day, when we sit too much or just aren't moving enough, it atrophies, right? And then we get stiff. It's a really great book that I recommend you pick up and get. It's also great because you start to think about the mind and you start to think about impacts on movement as it relates to dementia and Alzheimer's. It also, there was a study from the University of Utah that said that uh, people that sat for eight hours a day or more or didn't have that movement for eight hour days or more were like 33% more likely to die from various sources, just like real stuff, right? And so when I hear people come to me and ask me that question, the first thing I say is, if you're doing the other stuff well, sleeping, eating, you know, that stuff, it probably comes down to, are you moving enough? And you may be, you may be, right? But it's about the consistent movement, right? The guy that I was just mentioning before on the weekend, he would go golfing and he'd have two red hours, right? And he'd be great, right? But during the week, he had 15, Right. And so it is about trying to have that consistency. Now, if we move towards um, and by the way, shoot to your Bob, you want to add anything to that? Because I know you're believers in that and you try and you try and manage your days that way. The only thing I would add is that it it's a it doesn't take weeks or months to feel a difference. Uh, I had a, a week where I I had red hours all day, most of the week. And, and, and now when I stand up, I groan, <laughs> right. uh, it, it's quick. Right. And then, you know, on the other side of that same coin, if I, uh, you know, if I focus on moving every hour and trying to not have any or have very few red hours, uh, you know, within, within just a few days, I feel much better. I mean, it's, it's shocking to me at least how responsive the body is to just moving, you know, three, 400 steps an hour. Yeah. And Bob, you talked about, um, a couple weeks ago about your mom who passed away last year and then your dad, who's 80, 80, right. Or 83. How old's your dad? He's 80. Yeah. He's 80. Yeah. You talked about and last week. Go ahead. I was going to say, he's, you know, a relatively unhealthy 80 year old guy, uh, overweight, you know, pretty sedentary, stayed with us for a month and, you know, we got him a Fitbit and when he showed up, he was walking like a couple hundred steps a day and we got him up to 10,000 steps or more a day. And within the course of, of four weeks, uh, he got his blood pressure dropped dramatically to the point where, you know, his doctor was reevaluating, uh, his medicine and he started feeling, so this is someone that walks with a cane 
and you know looks old feels old and uh by the end of the month he every time he would do a lap of our backyard he would try and squeeze in about 10 or 15 steps of running uh, i mean it's just shock mm -hmm. i mean obviously not fast running but you know that's just a pretty indicative of of how life-changing you know it was for him wow that's great. And I've been fortunate to have been doing this for 10 years now and, and, and tracking the data of people. The other thing I see a lot is, you know, we talk about, you know, George, you know, warm, should you warm up or not, or everything feels a little tougher when you finish some of these workouts. And, um, you know, when we're moving consistently and we're um, lubricating the joints and we're stimulating the electrical activity, Sanjay Gupta talks about blood sugar levels. He says, when we sit down, the body has a harder time processing blood sugars. So our insulin levels, our sugar levels can go up all kinds of different things by sitting and not moving. And so, and I hear these stories all the time. When you're 80 years old, you either get moving or you die. We talk about the 96 year old lady in our building. She's very active and she moves. And it's not just about going to the gym. And then she sits around the rest of the day, right. right? She's moving consistently throughout the day. She's still doing her own shopping, food shopping, I think, and everything, right? In New York City. I know, I know. So- so I would say first, that's the first thing I would think about. If you wanted to plug into my app, we have a, like an alert system that can send you emails at various points. We can talk off, offline if you want to do that. I use it as accountability because I know that if I don't make myself accountable to move more consistently, I will uh, stray towards and tend towards sit in front of my computer or watching a show and not moving as much. So for me, if I have the accountability, it works. Now, let's talk about and answer your question. That was a long beginning to answer your question. But I think it's important is that you do those things as part of it. I think it's if, if you were to go remember the days that you go get physical therapy, and like, it's annoying, but a lot of times they'll start you off on a table and they'll talk to you and they'll ask you a few questions and maybe they'll do a little massaging or whatever. And then they'll say, go walk on the treadmill for a few minutes or go, go, go on the elliptical for five or 10 minutes. They almost always do that. I have found that, uh, and I recommend that all the runners I coach always walk 10 minutes before every run, no matter what, because it spurs the electrical activity in the body going and it loosens the muscles. And a lot of experts will tell you like for runners, like no matter what, particularly morning runners, when you get out and your, your muscles are kind of cold from sleeping and a lot of people just get out of bed, go to the bathroom two minutes and they're running where, right within a minute or two. And those people get hurt all the time in my experience. So I found if people walk for 10 minutes before running, they actually reduce their injury risk, not eliminate it, but reduce it. And so for you, what I would do, if the, if, if the treadmill is open, I'd walk around for 10 minutes or, you know, I, I would walk around the block or do something to loosen yourself up a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that would benefit you a lot. I find for me when I do leg press stuff or if I'm lifting or things like that, I like to start off with the cardio first. Now, if I'm going to have a really hard cardio session, like you do some of those really hard intervals where you can barely breathe when you get done with those sets that you do on the elliptical, then I might lift first. I might walk on the treadmill first, then lift and then finish because I don't really want to do anything after a hard elliptical workout. Right. But if right. I'm doing something that's easier, then I would do the easy stuff first and then, and then lift. But I do think warming up is important. And then the other thing you have to say to yourself is, you know, am I sore because I'm, and I, am I having twinges and things because of some of the things we talked about, I'm not moving, I'm not warming up, or, or am I doing stuff that maybe is a little harder than where I should be right now. And I need to build up to that over time. Cause obviously right. when we lift sometimes we can't just like see a TV show or something. And we're like, all right, I'm going to start lifting really hard legs or upper body or whatever. You got to build up to that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's setting realistic goals and trying to hit it. What, what's your feeling about uh, force stretching, you know, that, all that kind of stuff. 
What kind yeah, of force? What kind of force dressing? Well, you know the typical stuff. You, you know, um, spreading your legs and putting your head down to your knee, or or doing you know hamstring uh, stretches and all that kind of stuff. I, I think I think any type of stretching is spectacular as long as you don't hurt yourself. I remember when I first started stretching because I was going to these New York Roadrunners classes and I was taking these speed classes and they'd always have us do the stretching before. And I always remember saying to people that were some of my friends or the teachers that I said, the science doesn't support that. And I tore like a quad muscle just doing that stupid stretching. Whereas if I would just walk and, and, and then run and, you know, now the other thing is I never sit down after a workout for a while. So after my elliptical, after my run, after my bike, I don't just go and sit down or lay down. I try and move and sim simulate my muscles probably for about 30 minutes at least. Marathon, if I run a marathon, I'm not sitting for hours, right? And then my recovery is a lot faster. Again, sitting is really bad. So I try and time stuff. So I'm standing up. I'm making I'm taking right a shower. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, but it, it you know, after you work out, though, you, your recovery might improve simply by making sure you don't sit down right away and you move around a little bit after. So I'd move around before and after if I were you. I think yoga or other stretching is spectacular. Pilates, yoga, hot yoga, anything like that would be spectacular also uh, mm -hmm. for you. You know, I think it's really important at any age to get a mix between aerobic training and strength. Right. You're doing both. Mm -hmm. I think it's great. You look spectacular at 64 years old. All makes sense. Hey, to me. hey Jim. Hi. So, um, yeah, I'm on the same page uh, as you. I mean, I am. Um, uh, I haven't run in the la last two months because of my injury. But before that, anytime I was running, typically the walk from the apartment to wherever I would start running in Central Park is about 10 minutes. So I would just make that slightly brisker pace, which would give me a good sort of uh, warm up and then once I got to the park then I would start running so uh, you know approximately 10 minutes is 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 what I used to do as well and I think it certainly helped yeah I uh, the, uh, George you may not be aware of it but I used to um, work in an environment where you know, literally when Jim saw my numbers the first time and this reflects on the movement part of things. And he, his first reaction was, do you not even go to the bathroom? Is that what I said? <laughs> yeah. Wow. He must have had a lot of zeros <laughs> then for steps. Oh, yeah. It was like I was uh, from nine to five in the hours of nine to five. I was, I think, max in the day was 300 to 400 steps. Um, because you because which, you were tied because you were tied to a desk for your for your job. Yes, absolutely. In fact, even uh, during lunch hour, I used to work through lunch, and so even lunch hour was almost zero. Um, but outside of nine to five, uh, and the weekends was was great. But uh, so it also took a little bit, you know, tuning myself to get those movements in and, well, and getting uh, and, a new job and getting a new job where you're in an environment yeah. that's supportive of health and wellness, at least not, not repressive of it. Um, yeah. And look, you know, I, when I talked to the guy I mentioned earlier where he was doing spectacular and sleep and exercise and all those things, but doing poorly in movement, I asked him, 
how did you think this conversation was going to go? Like, he's like, I thought I was going to come in here and have been crushing it. I, you know, I've been doing all this exercise, blah, 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 blah. And it, he didn't expect the conversation about movement. Right. And so that is where the world is by far the most, most efficient, deficient by far. Um, I think I don't get enough sleep. I get about six and a half hours sleep. I'm, I, I usually, I go to bed and I fall asleep within five to 10 minutes. Um, right. And, and I'm usually automatically, regardless of the time I go to bed, I wake up six and a half hours later. Okay. Um, um, maybe that's all I need. I don't know. I'm not usually that tired during the day, but I feel like I always feel like I want, I don't know. I just didn't want, I feel like I should get more sleep because I've always thought minimum seven hours was the kind of the, the minimum standard. Um, I would like to see you get seven hours just because of the sleep cycles you get, the deep sleep, the REM sleep, the, because you get these fluids that wash your brain and clean your brain when you get each of those um, the sleep cycles. And when you don't get enough sleep cycles, you don't get enough of the washing of the brain. Right. And so that's the reason to get more sleep. I think... You know, seven seven hours is kind of a cutoff. I have had to work really hard by tracking all my sleep for a long time. I used to think that I was a great sleeper and I'd only sleep about 25% over seven hours. This last couple of years, I'm at like 75 to 80% over seven hours, which I have to accept that's about as good as I can do. You know what I mean? Just because, you know, I got to drive somebody to the airport one morning and, you know, I just, I have a job and I got all family stuff. And so there's only so much I can do. It's really about time management and it's also about tiring yourself out. You know, I think that, um, you know, a lot of people that don't move enough, don't sleep as much as they probably should. But when they start moving more, they get more tired like a kid. And, they, and, and then all of a sudden they are sleeping a little more. You know, for me, it's about time management where I make sure that I get into bed earlier than I normally would. So I try and get bed in the bed in the 10s. I think last night I got to bed before 10. That's the best thing ever. Because I, I still wake up. I'm on a circadian rhythm where I go to bed about the same time every night and get up about the same time every morning. We should try and be doing that. And if we stay up late one night, we should still get up about the same time and take the pain for one day versus you know, sleeping three hours later. And then we shift our circadian rhythm and it's much harder to get back into the groove that we're in. So I wake up about without an alarm clock about the same time every day. And now usually if I can force myself to go to bed, at least I'm at that seven hour threshold. And I just try and say to myself, all right, just lay here and try and relax. And if I fall back asleep, great. And if I can't after you know four or five minutes, I get up. I don't stay in bed anymore. And they, and that's what they say. You know, it's good that you fall asleep right. quickly, but if, but if you're laying there for hours, you shouldn't be, you should get up and do something, right. you know, then you should, you know, go back to bed when you feel like you're tired. Um, it, it is a challenge, but I would like to see you sleep more, yeah. you know, and one thing you may want to do is plug into my app and then just not even look at it for like a month and let's actually get some real benchmarks on you, you know? And then we could go over the data like I did with somebody else. And, you know, I won't be looking at it. and I don't have time to look at it unless you want me to. But think about it. Uh, just a small thing. I've been reading, uh, gotten far into the Sanjay Gupta book as well. Mm -hmm. um, I have to say some parts are quite uh, eye openers. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I'm enjoying it thoroughly. Any, anything that uh, was a particular eye opener for you that you want to share? Um, just, I mean, the usual things that you look at as that are sort of risk factors related to, you know, dementia, Alzheimer's, I, I hadn't even thought of them. 
you know, like even even movement. He talks about diet, so many things. Um, so I, he, he talks a lot about sleep. Actually, sleep, George, that's absolutely. why you should read the book. Yes. Well, yeah, I, I remember reading the article that came out not too, I don't know, last year in the New York Times, maybe this year, about how sleep is really important for. And I have. Um, Alzheimer's in my family, a lot of Alzheimer's in my family. So it I'm, might mean I'm, that you have the gene, but you might be able to probably 20% is what they think having the gene, but the rest is on you, the way you live. Um, but you got it. You got to sleep to sleep more with the cycle. So you wash the, you clean the brain basically with the fluids that go through it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's what Shruti, saying. anything else there? What kind of special? Uh, no, that's about uh, it. Uh, I mean, I'm still, I still have half, half of the book to go through, but, uh, but that's, uh, that's what, um, uh, yeah, nothing. No, that's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is Sanjay Gupta? What is his uh, medical specialty? He's a brain surgeon. He's a brain surgeon. And what's interesting is a brain surgeon does, is not quite, his book's a health book. His book is about how to not get Alzheimer's or how to improve your uh, lower the risk of getting Alzheimer's dementia. He had to interview a lot of people. He's a reporter, obviously, also. He had to interview a lot of people to get a lot of data. Okay, so just because like uh, my neighbor's buddy was there all golfing and he's in his 70s or 80s and he had pressure in his brain. It turns out he has a, a benign tumor in his brain. Like. I think Gupta is the one that would remove that. And just because Gupta can go into your head and remove a tumor doesn't mean he knows what causes Alzheimer within the brain. They're very different things, yeah. right? So it really is a health book. The one thing I appreciate that he's, there's two things, really. He talks about movement, the importance of movement and not sitting more than eight hours a day. You know, hear, hear me, I want you less than six hours a day of, of not moving. You know, the other thing is he says his exercise is non-negotiable every day, no matter what. Right. And I have the same attitude. Right. And and so um, I fit it in and there's going to be days here and there you just can't fit it in for whatever reason. And then and then you just accept it. But for the most part, I appreciated that. And I didn't know that about him. I knew he was a runner. I knew he looks kind of fit. Um, yeah. but, it, it, but it's a really it's a really good book. And I, I read pretty much all the health books that come out. Right. This is newest uh, book because he was on the circuit. I saw him on a couple of talk shows last week. Talking I think about it's him. called Staying Sharp or Keeping Sharp, I think is the name of his most recent book. I am reading a book that is my favorite book of the last year right now. I'm loving it. And if you've read it, please don't comment on anything that you uh, learned. Did anybody ever read The Martian by Andy Ware? No. I read that book. His new book called Hail Mary is awesome. I love it. It is just amazing hail mary anybody read that book yet it's fiction it's fiction i mostly read nonfiction actually because i read when i run or when i'm working out and i find that my mind strays so much that if i miss stuff at least when a nonfiction, if i'm listening to a book about prince which i'm listening to right now um i can stray and miss some of it it's fine whereas hail mary i found myself i find myself rewinding a lot when my mind strays but it's fine I always found you, I always found it stressful sometimes to watch you work out because you're working out, you're on the phone, you're reading. It was like, how do you do it all? And I, <laughs> it's actually, I find it a little like, I need to, I don't know. I, I just found, I found that stressful watching you. So I, I don't, isn't there something to just not, just not to, to kind of letting it all go? Do you have time to do that? And do you do that ever? 
It's great. It's a great question. It's interesting. When I am outside running, which is what I would prefer to do every day of my life as my number one exercise where I'm running really easy, it is completely relaxing for me. And I'm listening to a book and I'm in that world and I'm doing nothing else. Right. Hopefully I have my phone on my arm and I don't have to check it for work or whatever. Um, that's one thing. Right. And that's when I'm really in a state of like just relaxation and meditation, really. Right. When I'm down in the gym and you see me, I'm not in that same place. You will never see me listening to a book. I will be either watching a show. And most of the time I manage my time such that I will say, OK, if I'm not going to go for a run, then at least I'm going to be productive when I work out. And I, my mindset is already I'm going to check my email and that might enable me to work out in the middle of the day, you know, where I can, uh, you know, read my email, read a document or whatever. So that's my mindset. Do I relax? Absolutely. I try and do it at least an hour every day with my exercise, with my runs. But otherwise, I try and find other ways to do it. You know, usually I do it with walks. So a lot of times these days, if I can't run right now, I got a little hip thing going on. I try and get up early and I try and do a walk first thing in the morning outside. You know, even if it's 20 minutes, that really relaxes me. But I try and find it's a great question. I think everyone should find something like every day in my coaching of people over the years. I will say that some people run naked, which means that they run with nothing they, and, and running in Central Park, which is the greatest place in the world with listening to nothing is one of the greatest things. You hear those woodpeckers and everything, you know, I think people have to find what is meditative for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Makes sense. How you doing? Hey, it's happening. How are you? So how how's your training? Are you training for anything these days or where are you at? I First just um, I just picked up a new SLR 70 Manda. Uh, Manda Trek. Nice. Yeah, just state of the art, top of the line. Uh, and I've been riding a lot and it's really been fun. So the races are coming back. They're going to have nationals here this year, but it's sold out because everybody got grandfathered in from last year. So right. they're having and the Olympic nationals here this year, and then they're going to do it again next year. So I figured I'll just, maybe I'll wait for next year, but no real ambition to do any crazy racing. Are you qualified for nationals for Olympic nationals this year? Olympic distance nationals? No, I race last year. So no, right. you know. Yeah, so and, I had to go out. I'd have to go and do a race, but they were like, "Hey, still qualify? You know, we might open up more slots." I don't, you know, I've done it for thirty years. You know, I mean, I'm pretty good for now. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm not in a rush. I'm not doing any tri training right now. I'm just kind of doing something every day to stay in shape. The the new bike you got have uh, shifters on them, electronic shifters. Yeah, Di two got yeah, disc brakes. Yeah, it's super sweet. Uh, it's this level seven of the carbon. The carbon goes from like five to nine. And I got the seven. And it's really, I mean, it. it's just, it's like an indie car. It's just incredibly fast. How much did that bike cost? Uh, 9K. 9K. With a deal or that's that? That's just a, that's yeah, a retail I got price? It for, that, that's the list price. I got it for eight. Right crazy yeah, so that are you was, are you doing bike training training right now are you using a bike trainer at all right now uh no now i don't you know i ride my rollers in the off season a couple times you know rollers. That's, that's about it and then i ride at work you know i teach class on friday nights right you know um so yeah that's kind of the base that i do um i do those build-up rides we didn't get a chance to do those this year but i used to do those build-up rides we do 90 minutes two hours two and a half and three hours 
yep. uh, four Sundays in February. So those were good base training rides, you know. Totally. I uh, I had my bike shipped out from New York, my uh, specialized uh, tri-bike, and um, had it put in a box, and I just took it out of the box. Like yesterday, the day before, I got to assemble some of it, which is always painful. But then I was seriously debating buying the, the kicker, the kicker core, I think it's called, or the highest end kicker trainer. Oh, the Wahoo? The Wahoo kicker, yeah. Like the yeah. higher end one. They're, they're not cheap, man. They're like, I want to say they're like 1200 bucks, 1300 bucks. And then uh, they have this thing now where they have a fan that you can put in front of you that you can control from your phone that can simulate like wind. And they have this thing where you can put your front tire instead of putting it on like something on the ground, like you could put it in like to this machine and it will simulate hills and move you up and down a little bit. So I've been thinking about getting all of that and just hitting some hard bike training for a while. Yeah, you should be able to, and then you can pick courses and all that stuff as well. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've ever ridden Zwift before. Zwift is pretty amazing. Uh, Wahoo's pretty amazing. Zwift, you and I could be on together. We could have our power meter set up, and we could be competing against each other on courses, talking. and Yeah, for like, sure. Yeah, a friend of mine rides on that. I was over by his house one day checking that out. That's pretty not Pretty amazing. You know, it's just, and a lot of people are gravitating, gravitating more towards trainers just because it's safer. Like I live in an area where there's a lot of hills out here in California. And, I, you know, every time I see those cyclists, I'm like careful, but look, most people just drive right, as you know, right by them. And I'm thinking, you know what, like it might be safer to get a trainer, you know, and efficient. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. That's the risk we take on the road, you know, totally. so I ride the trail. <laughs> You know, to work, I mean, it's seven miles. I mean, I got a little section of street, but yeah, the Oak Leaf Trail, though, they've done a really nice job. I mean, you can take the Oak Leaf Trail up to the Inner Urban Trail, which goes all the way to Sheboygan. Wow. All so you're, wow. So you're riding seven miles each way to work right now? Yeah. You know, just nice warm up along the lakefront, beautiful view of the skyline. Yeah, it's really sweet. What do you so, do when it's going to be 10 degrees? temperature yeah 70 you know what if it's 10 what if it's november you're still riding if there's no ice yeah i ride a little bit but i mean when it gets to that point i shut it down you know you just drive then yeah hubie um uh runs a gym called spire fitness and uh we wanted to talk to hubie today just we talked to hubie I don't know, six months ago, nine months ago when COVID was rampant and things were shut down and people were trying to do rides outside and everything the gyms were doing. But I think we wanted to check to see how things are going now. What's new with Spire Fitness and, you know, what are you seeing from, you know, the market and masks, no masks, you know, vaccination, no vaccination protocols, like how, how's everything going at Spire? You know, it's really been quite the run as obviously for all of us. Um, but I mean, just believing in it every day to keep this thing moving and, you know, just having the, the staff and everything else, I mean, to be able to be, you know, run business as usual and keep people motivated and excited about working out. So uh, we were in the city of Milwaukee, so we had to go by their standards, which, you know, we had to wait, wait, wait. But they finally lifted the mask on June 1st. And we actually worked out with masks since last June. I mean, people were coming in to work out with a mask on. And believe me, teaching with a mask was pretty insane. But people got used to it. And, uh, you know, they still wanted to work out and, and be fit. Uh, 
but with the mask lift, we've seen. Hold on um, one second. When, know, when, right? when, when people were working out last year, I think that there were 35 or 37 bikes in that bike room. Did you have to have social distancing where people had masks on or how did that work? Yeah, we had to pull that out. So we pulled out like half of our bikes. Uh, so we were down to like 16 and then we've increased it to 20. Uh, we rented out those bikes. The other ones that weren't were collecting dust. We got rid of those so people could use those. So we were still generating some income. Uh, we're still on a social distance, but it's a little closer now. But we're slowly adding more bikes. So they basically lifted it. But just to keep people with a peace of mind of safety, we have we didn't just go like full blown 36 bikes. Um, so we went in there with we added like four more and then five more. Uh, we're doing outdoor rides now with like 23 bikes, a little closer. So that's really been a positive thing as well. But anybody get sick? Anybody get sick last year from that? I'm assuming no. No. Not one. Not one person got sick from coming in, riding their bike, you know, in a spin not, room. Not from our that you know. No. And then people, that you know. No, it was yeah. Good. It's a community, though. Spire Fitness. It's it's in Milwaukee, and it's a community. And I would say that. It, it, if, if somebody got sick, they, you probably would have heard it. Uh, that's my guess. Maybe not, but. For sure. We would have, believe me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's such a refreshing feeling to know that, you know, people are coming back to the studio. People are super excited, super jacked to work out again without a mask. Uh, a lot of new faces, uh, which obviously our business is really important. We always got to have, you know, more people, more faces, new faces, new blood. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just been great to be able to see it. It's it's like that long road down the road, you know, that long thing down a, the road where we actually got to it and we got through it. But I'll tell you, the biggest thing that really helped us out was that PPP money, the government funding. You know, that was it. That really, really helped us out. So well, I'm glad to that hear that. And that's that was the purpose of that money, actually, is to help businesses like Spire Fitness get through periods of time. Um, so I'm so glad to hear that. So, Hubie, are you, how are you? See so no masks. Do you have any policies about like, hey, if you're not, and I guess this comes down to the city of Milwaukee and the state of Wisconsin, is there a policy for gyms that says if you are not vaccinated, you still need to wear a mask inside? How does that work? We just go, no, we, we just go mask is optional. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what we're rolling with. So we yep. trust our community. They trust what we do and they trust the decisions that we're making. So uh, we've learned that through the months that we've been in business with all this. And that's why, you know, people just continue to come there. We just make the mask optional. And, and, so, and that's, that's the regulations now in the city and the state. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. And how many people are that are taking a class are wearing a mask versus not wearing a mask? Is anybody wearing a mask? I mean, there might be one or two people. I mean, everybody's kind of just threw that thing away and, and we're going for it. So the instructors, we recommend that they can, um, but we don't force them. If they want to wear it in the lobby, if they want to wear it before class, if they want to wear it during class, we just give them all the options for their own safety so they can make their own decision. Yep. And, and do you have a policy at, at your company that requires vaccination or how do you how do you handle that? No, is the we don't have a policy for the vaccination. I mean, it's just we went in every all their staff went in and got vaccinated, and um, you know everybody that works there. So all the staff, you said all the staff and everyone did get vaccinated. Yeah. 
what else have you learned or what else are you seeing that would be interesting to us as it relates to uh, your business? Are you seeing, what percent are you back, would you say, in terms of the number of classes that you're running, you know, you know, a week now versus uh, where you were pre-COVID? So we are pretty much back to the normal class load that we have done. So we were open last year. It's going to be like a year this uh, coming week that we've been open. So that's just been a very, very positive, you know, and then obviously, you know, everything else increases. The more people are coming in, energy bill increases, um, you know, other costs increase. Um, but that's all part of uh, getting back into the biz. Great. Were you able to cut a deal with your landlord at any point? Yeah, he gave me 30 days, guys. <laughs> So at the end of the month, I got to pay him. So I still got to pay him. But, uh, you know, they're looking to get me to get current again. But, uh, you know, you got to pay to play in the Milwaukee third ward area. So it's such a nice area. uh, You know, they've been good in understanding, you know, um, and 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 we've all worked together to make it happen. So it's been good. It's been positive all the way around. Well, really glad that uh, things are going better. Thanks for listening. Uh, It's so good to hear from you. And. I'm very jealous of the bike you bought. Please send me a picture and glad things are getting back to normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so George, tell me, where are you from and where are you at? I'm in Manhattan. I'm in Jim's building where he used to live. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> George and I are uh, buddies and uh, we would see each other in the gym very, very, very frequently. And, um, yeah, and the, gym, uh, the gym just changed its rules as of today, Wednesday. As what are they? Let's hear it. Um, so now it's uh, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. There's no limits. We used to limit it to three people at a time. Then they expanded it to five people at a time maximum. And now there's no limit. You don't need to make a reservation. You don't need to wear a mask if you're vaccinated. They had removed two pieces of um, cardio equipment in order to do social distancing. They put those equipment, that equipment back. Um, so they're, you know, much more back to normal, pretty much. Um, Are you going down there a lot? Yes. I go down every day? There, almost every day. Are you uh, seeing the normal crew of people that we used to see down there? Um, a fraction of those people. A lot of people just yet for whatever, I would say at least as of a week ago, um, they were not comfortable still working out in, at the gym um, for health reasons, I guess. Uh, um, but I just, what, several of them I spoke to this week and they said, well, I didn't want to wear a mask. So now that the mask is lifted, they may come back. I think that may be a big uh, change. Um, There's an older woman that used to go to the gym all the time. She's like 94 or yeah, 95. She, you still seen her? I have not seen her at the gym, but I see her walking and she said she still, she walks two to three miles a day she's she amazing she, she told me she fell flat on her face while she was walking once and and at that age she, she didn't hurt herself she didn't break a bone she didn't and she said her doctor told her it's because she stays active i mean i don't know if that's amazing or not, but i just you know. i vividly remember about maybe right before covid maybe january of 2020 i look oh i'm doing I'm, I'm on the elliptical and i look behind me and i see her on the rowing machine <laughs> it's amazing. She's yes. amazing. Her name and, is Georgette, by the way. Too. Georgette, yeah. And uh, well, tell her she probably won't remember who I am, but if you see her, you can say a guy that always asks her a lot of questions. She used to tell me about her husband, who I think passed away a couple of years ago. 
you know, and yeah. I always would commend her. She she gets on that recumbent uh, cycling bike and rides that. It's just, yes. it's great. I mean, the, the key in life, you know, if you ask her about, like, I've talked to her a lot. She's, I think she's 93, 94, 95. Like she stays yeah. active and she lives her yeah. life. Like she's 50. You know what I mean? She's yeah. still doing stuff. Maybe she's not working, yeah. but. No, she's not working, but I think she's actually 96. If I'm not 96 now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's pretty. And, and no, and no confrontations down there. I mean, were you in the were you in the room when there was a major confrontation a few years ago? Where there was almost a fist fight. About what? Oh, I never told you about that. I'll have to tell you offline. It had to do with somebody <laughs> on a device, and the and this person had come into the gym for years, <coughs> always coughing. Oh, I think you know what I'm talking about. <coughs> and somebody else in the gym kept on saying, "Hey, man, if you're sick, you shouldn't be in here." And the guy would just never, he would never, he was cantankerous and he would never talk to you. I, I've just, I have a very different viewpoint on talking to people about stuff like that now, because now you hear about people in Georgia getting shot when they're like, where's your mask? You know, blah, blah, blah. So I'm staying away from that, you know, and just trying to see both sides. And, um, but you know, this guy was always in there and I get, it was boiling up in one of the people. And so finally they were, they got into like a 1930s type of potential fist fight, you know? Hey, you should be more considerate and you should not be here if you're sick. I got this problem, you know, so these things happen. And that's why I was wondering, you know, with the whole mask thing, but you've been going in there for a while. It sounds like you've had it pretty much to yourself and there was no confrontation. Yeah. Most of the time I go, maybe there's one other person there. Um, So yeah, it's not been a problem. Um, So how about the studios out there? Is it the same thing? Like any of the group fitness studios like cycle or any of that? I mean, they all lifted and, I don't know because I don't. I only go to my building gym. Although my niece goes to Soul Cycle, and I think she told me they are back to normal. Um, with a few, no, they they still do some social distancing. They don't allow people. Next, at least this was as of last week. They, that may have changed when New York State was it new last week. I think New York State lifted all of its most of its uh, restrictions. So they may have changed that. But as of last week, they were doing every other bike. Um, it's all like okay, um, great. But, yeah, well, I think things are getting back to normal. I'm hearing people that go to yoga or Pilates, and you know, it was you know nine months ago it was one person in a room, then it was two, then it was three, and now I think it's pretty much back to normal in some of these places without masks. But hey, Jim, I just wanted to say thanks. I got to get to a class here and shut down. So all right, man. Uh, thanks for listening, and let's keep in touch. Uh, thanks for all your info there, George, on that. What's happening in New York? I appreciate that. And you guys have just a wonderful, absolutely great day. You Thank too, you. man. Listen, it's 7.30. I got to go. But th- this was really fun. I'm glad I did it. Uh, great to see you, man. Join anytime yeah. you want. Bob, anything else you want to talk about? No, I think this is great. And while we were, uh, while I was listening, I downloaded the Gupta book. So I'll add it to my list as well. Thank you. Awesome. And Hail Mary, if you like a little okay. fiction, super Hail interesting. Mary. Okay. Bye, Bob. Bye, Jim. Talk to you soon. Right. And I'm not Bye paid guys. to recommend Thank that so book, much. by the way. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. See ya.